Hello, Lorraine. Hello. It's lovely to meet you. Questions about how people can help themselves at home, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if if someone's looking, you know, at an old house, mm -hmm. what should they look out for? Walk through the home. See what vibration do you feel? Do you feel safe? You know, do you feel there's a darkness? Do you feel scared? If you do, turn around, life. Trust your instincts, then. Yes, trust your instincts. What's going on, professionally silly listeners? It's your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles Jones, and this is the podcast where you can experience some silly, some random, and of course, a little bit of weird. There's a little something there for everyone. Hosted by me, a comedic dream chaser going bankrupt here in Los Angeles. So what you just heard was an interview uh, with uh, paranormal investigator Lorraine Warren. She and her husband Ed are most known for their, uh, their work at the Amneville Horror Home. You guys remember the movie Amneville Horror? Well, that's actually based off of a true story for those of you who don't know. So yes, so definitely Google Lorraine and Ed Warren. They are pretty much paranormal superstars. So uh, it's going to be a really interesting podcast episode, guys. So last week, we talked about some hilarious 911 calls. Uh, that was a fun episode, I must say. And uh, let's, let's just agree that there are a few idiots in the world, just a few. And if you want to check out that episode, the link is going to be below in the description box of this episode. And this week, we are going to explore the paranormal side of life once again. Yeah, I'm excited. October is upon us and Halloween is around the corner. Tis the season for creepy and scary. <laughs> I've got some ghost stories that I want to share with you guys. So yay. I've searched all over the internet and I found some very interesting ghost stories. So allow me to bring a few nightmares to you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get into that, if you enjoy the Professionally Silly Podcast, please call in or text my Google Voice number and let me know, 805-664-1828, or tweet me on Twitter at TrueSmilesJones, T-R-U, the word smiles, spelled with an S, not a Z, calm down, <laughs> and, and then my last name, Jones, so TrueSmilesJones. You know, text me, tweet me, call me about this or any podcast episode uh, that we've done here or I've done. I don't know why I keep saying that. Um, I love to get tweets from you guys and uh, you will get to hear yourself on the air. Yes, on the air. So all three of my listeners will hear your voice. <laughs> and if you guys can do me a solid, uh, go to visit iTunes and rate and review Professionally Silly. It will help get my podcast out to uh, to a lot of people who haven't heard of us yet. So that'd be great. But before we get started, I have got some awesome information I want to share for those of you who are interested in starting your own podcast for free. And then we're going to go ahead and get in to these ghost stories. Ooh, right? Is that scary? No? All right, fine. So 
I decided to take a ghostly stroll down internet lane and I found some haunting stories. Our first story isn't scary at all, at least not to me, it's actually sweet. I thought I'd start you guys off with something light, you know, and then we'll get into the heavier things a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, here's our first ghost story and I call it Knock at the Door. So, I'm not sure if this is scary or not, but it's really weird. Two days after my grandfather died, the neighborhood security guard knocks on our door on a Sunday morning. He told us, an old man came to your house earlier, knocked on your door for half an hour and finally left. When I asked him what he wanted, he told me he needed to say goodbye to someone he'd never had the chance to meet. We were all stunned had no idea who this old man was or what he was looking for. When the guard came in, he shouted, That's the old man! Pointing at a picture of my grandfather. My entire family froze for a moment. I'm not 100% sure if the guard was telling the truth, but I almost like believing that my granddad wanted to say goodbye to my newborn sister, before resting in peace. See? Now that wasn't so bad. Now let's go ahead and get into the demons that are probably standing behind you right now as we speak. No, I'm kidding. Stop looking around for demons. They're not there. Um, but guys, you know, every ghost or spirit is not evil and they don't all want to harm you. Not everything happens like in the movies. Just just keep that in mind. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and get to this next ghost story that I decided to entitle, Take Your Ass Back to Bed. So this next ghost story is a bit further on the creepy side. They say children are more susceptible to having paranormal experiences. Perhaps it's their innocence. You see, children haven't been told what to believe or not to believe just yet, at least not in the logical sense. At this time, parents are telling them about the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny, or Santa Claus. So why wouldn't they believe in the boogeyman in the closet or the monster under the bed? or any other experiences that they can't explain. When I was growing up until the age of 10, we lived in a very haunted house. One morning, I woke up at about 4 a.m. I was only eight at the time and I couldn't fall back asleep. So I went into the basement to play some video games. I did that for about two hours and then I got bored. The sun started coming up, so I made my way to the laundry room and started throwing darts at my dad's dartboard. So I'm doing that for about 20 minutes and then finish, only to turn around and see a man in a top hat, dressed like he was from the 1930s, standing there. He tips his hat, smiles, then walks away. I was just frozen and in shock. I told my dad about it later when I was 15, and my dad said, Holy shit, you saw him too? 
That was super creepy. I guess they were both experiencing the same things, but they just didn't talk about it. Wow. So let's go on to the next story. Pretty, pretty princess is what it's called. It's always sad when a loved one passes on. Saying goodbye is never easy, but it can sometimes be easier if you have something of theirs to remember them by. But in this next ghost story, this woman was left a keepsake, but not the way one would think. A woman, we'll call her Shannon. Shannon's uncle passed away when she was just a child and they were very close. They used to play Pretty Pretty Princess together. It's a turn-based game where players will spin a wheel to get around the board to collect a complete set of jewelry and the first person to get a complete set wins the game. She remembers loving the plastic rings you wore during the game. But there was a specific ring that she adored as a child. When her uncle passed away, she put the plastic ring into the casket with him. And many family members and friends saw her make this lovely gesture for her uncle and even saw the ring in the casket as they all said their goodbyes as well. A few weeks later after the funeral, she woke up one morning and the same ring that she put into her uncle's casket was sitting on her nightstand. No one had taken it from the casket and no one could explain how it got there. But she knew for certain that it was the same exact ring. <laughs> As Brits from Crime Junkie podcast would say, full body chills. <laughs> that was a very interesting story. I mean, the ring was plastic, so I can't imagine anyone trying to get the ring back to her or the family, not to mention they could have always bought another board game to replace the ring and who would who would have undone such a sweet gesture by a child wanting to share something with her uncle for the last time my theory is her uncle knew how much she loved that ring and wanted to make sure that she had it perhaps it was his last good gesture for his favorite niece i actually really like that story it's it's so sweet, creepy, but it's sweet. This next story is super creepy and also kind of sad. A woman named Erica and her family have been hearing footsteps in their home for a while. Their family had children, so they recognized the footsteps sounding like a toddler but they never could find the source of the footsteps when they heard them. Now they had decided to do some remodeling on their garage and their contractor found something strange buried in it. It was an unmarked coffin. Inside the coffin was a young child with blonde hair holding a red rose. Her body was so well preserved, they were able to confirm the young girl was about two or three years old, a toddler. They even managed to learn her identity. Her name was Edith Howard Cook. Supposedly, she was one of 30,000 bodies from the Odd Fellow Cemetery 
that were moved around the 1920s. It seems that she was left behind. Erica and local authorities worked together to find the child a permanent resting place. DNA testing was done and it was learned that the child died from protein deficiency. This is now something that is treatable with modern medicine and knowledge. It was also learned that she died in 1876. When Edith was finally in her new resting place, Erica and her family no longer heard the footsteps in their home. Wow, that that is such an interesting story, but I, I have to be honest with you, like I said, oh my goodness, child ghosts freak me out. And, I, and to be real with you, so do live children. And you know the ones I'm talking about. Everyone knows that one kid that is just weird as fuck. And you, <laughs> you know when their time comes in the circle of life that they're going to hunt the shit out of everyone. The, ugh, kids, they freak me out, dead or alive. They, they're just weird little tiny people. I don't trust them. <laughs> Okay, listeners, so this next ghost story is a modern one, and it involves a haunted Facebook account. Now, I'm not sure how much of this I believe, but I never say never. I'm, I'm one of those kooky people who think anything is possible, even if I don't understand it. Kind of like algebra. I don't get it, but it's real. <laughs> So I want to share with you guys what I found on Reddit. Work, just uh, kind of work with me on this one because it is a crazy one. I have to um, kind of go between my laptop and my iPad in order to uh, share with you what the screenshots of the Facebook messages say. But let's go ahead and get into this. Nate on Reddit writes... Tonight's kind of a catalyst for this post. I just received another message and it's worse than any of the others. My girlfriend died on the 7th of August, 2012. She was involved in a three car collision driving home from work when someone ran a red light. She passed away within minutes on the scene. We had been dating for five years at that point. She wasn't big on the idea of marriage. It felt archaic, she said. Gave her a weird vibe. But if she hadn't been if she had been big on marriage, I would have married her within three months of our relationship. She was vibrant, the kind of girl that would choose dare every time. She was happiest when camping, but a total technophile too. She always smelled like cinnamon. That being said, she wasn't perfect. She always said things like, if I die first, don't just say good things about me. I've I never really liked that. You don't, you don't call me out and you're, not giving, you're doing me a disservice. I've got so many flaws and that's just part of me. So, this is for M. The music she said she liked 
and the music she actually liked were different. Her idea of affection was a side hug. She had really long toes, kind of like a chimpanzee. But I digress a bit. But I don't, I don't feel right discussing her without you having an idea of what she was like. So, on to the meat. Emily had been dead for approaching 13 months when she first messaged me. September 4th, 2013. And the message reads from Emily. Hello? Nathan responds. Who is this? It's really weird receiving messages from Emily's account. Okay, well, in the future, please send messages from your account even if you want to discuss her page. Emily responds. Hello? Nathan responds. Susan? You're on Emily's account? This is when it began. I had left Emily's Facebook account deactivated so I could send her the occasional message post on her wall and go through her albums. It felt too final and too un-Emily to memorialize it. I share access with her mother, Susan, meaning her mother has her login and password and has spent a total of approximately three minutes on the website, or on a computer in total. After a little confusion, I assumed that it was her. Got another message on November 16th, 2013 from Emily. Hello? Let's hit up the sewing called trail on Sunday. The name of the trail is actually covered so I can't see it. Nathan responds, who the fuck is this? Emily responds, the wheels on the bus. Nathan responds, please tell me who you are. I had received confirmation from Susan that she hadn't logged into Emily's Facebook since the week of her death. M knew a lot of people so I instantly assumed it was one of her more tech savvy friends fucking with me in the worst way possible. I noticed pretty much immediately that whoever was chatting with me was recycling old messages from our shared chat history. The the wheels on the bus comment was from when we were discussing songs to play on a road trip that never really happened. Hello happened a million times when she messaged me. Around February, around February 2014, Emily started tagging herself in my photos. I would get notifications for them, but the tag would generally always be removed by the time I got to it. The first time I actually caught, caught one, it felt like someone had punched me right in the gut. She would tag herself in spaces where it was plausible for her to be, or she would usually hang out. Around this period of time, I stopped being able to sleep. I was too angry to sleep. She would tag herself in random photos every couple of weeks. The friends who noticed thought it was fucked up. Maybe it was a bug on Facebook or something like that. I found out that there have been friends who have noticed and didn't say anything. 
Some of them have removed me from their Facebook friends list. At this point, some of you may be wondering why didn't I just kill my Facebook profile? I wish I had. I, I did for a while. Though on days when I couldn't get out, it's nice having my friends able to chat. It's nice visiting Emily's page when, when the little green circle isn't next to her name. I was already socially reclusive when Emily was alive. Her death turned me into something pretty close to a hermit. So for me, Facebook and MMOs were, are my only real social outlets. For those of you who don't know, MMO stands for Massively Multiplayer Online, usually role-playing games, kind of like Final Fantasy. On March 15th, I, this, is what I, <clears throat> this is what I sent to Emily's assumed hacker. Why are you doing this? Why do you keep tagging her? On March 25th, I received an answer. Emily writes, hello, 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 hello. Nathan responds, this is actually devastating. I don't know why you enjoy doing this. Emily responds, oh my God, cinnamon scented candles. Nathan, go to hell. Emily responds, why are you doing this? It wasn't until I was going over those, these logs a few months later that I noticed she was recycling my own words as well. My response seems kind of lackluster here, but I was initially providing him slash her with emotional bait. This is actually devastating. Excuse the dog in the background. I was providing them with emotional bait to keep them interested in their game. I was working off the assumption that the kind of person to do this would be the kind of person that would thrive on the distress of others. I was posting in tech forums, looking for ways to track this person, contacting Facebook. I needed to keep them around so I could gather evidence. Before anyone asks, yes, I had changed the password and all security info countless times. April 16th, I received this. Emily types, we should make our own jam. Samantha, not something different. No chance of passing. No chance of passing. How many? Garage side door. Side, no chance of passing. It seems like word salad. Like our conversations, like all of our conversations so far. It's recycled from previous messages that she sent me before. On April 29th, I received this. Emily types, baked beans on toast. I don't know, I just asked you. I just said, yo, ask Nathan, 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 Nathan. And then Nathan responds, I don't know what's happening. I don't know how you're still doing this, please stop. Emily responds, please stop. I don't know what's happening. Nathan, I don't know what's happening. I hadn't discovered any leads. Facebook had told me the locations her page had been accessed from, 
but since her death, they're all places I can't, I can account for my home, my work, her mom's house, etc. My response here wasn't bait. Yo Nathan was an inside joke too lame worth explaining, but seeing her say it again was just so absolutely fucking crippling to me. Her last few messages had started to scare me, but I wouldn't admit it at this point. On the 8th of May, I don't really have the words for this. So this is what Emily types in. 12, 15, my jumper's in the dryer and it's really cold out, really cold out, cold, cold. Nathan, please stop, cold, freezing. I don't know what's happening. Freezing is the first original word she's made or he's made. This has given me nightmares that have only started to kick in recently. I keep dreaming that she's in an ice cold car, frozen blue and gray, and I'm standing outside on the warmth, screaming at her to open the door. She doesn't even realize that I'm there. Sometimes her legs are outside with me. The 24th of May, I decide to write her, Nathan, types. I'm really drunk. I miss you. Whoever's on this account, I don't give a fuck. Keep coming home for I keep coming home for work and expecting to see you at the computer. Shouldn't I be used to that by now? Emily responds, "Just let me walk." I wasn't actually drunk. She wasn't an affectionate girl and it would always embarrass her to exchange I love you's or cuddle or talk about how much we meant to each other. She was more comfortable with it when I was boozed up, so I got fake drunk a lot. Her reply is what prompted me to finally memorialize her page, thinking it might help curb this behavior. It might seem innocuous compared to her previous message. It's from an old conversation where I was trying to convince her to let me drive her home from a friend's house. In the collision, the dashboard had crushed her. She was severed in a diagonal line from her hip to midway down her left thigh. One of her legs was found tucked under the back seat. Going back in time to August 7th, 2012. Nathan writes, Hey, are you on your way home? Emily, when you see this message, please ring me straight away. I, I, I rang your mom, but they said that you left at four. I'm starting to panic. I feel sick in my stomach. Please ring me. Emily, Emily, please answer your phone. Those are the logs from the day she died. She was usually home from work by 4.30. This, alongside a couple of voice messages, is the last time I talked to her under the assumption that she was alive. You'll see why I'm showing you these soon. This was yesterday, July 1st, 2014. Emily writes, Hey, are you on your way home? Emily, when you see this message, please ring me straight away. Please stop. I rang your mom. They said you left at five. 
I'm starting to panic. Please stop. Cold. Emily. Emily, answer your phone. I don't know what's happening. Cold. Freezing. I memorialized her page a couple of days after I received the message about walking. Until today, she'd been quiet. She wasn't even tagging herself in my photos. I don't know what to do anymore. Do I kill her memorial page? What if it's her? I want to puke. I, I don't know what's happening. I just heard on I just heard a Facebook alert and I'm too afraid to swipe the windows and check it out. <sighs> again, once again guys, wise words of Brits from the from the Crime Junkie podcast. Full body chills. That is some creepy shit. I don't know what I, what what I would have done if that happened to me. Like I definitely would have freaked out a bit, but at the same time, I, I would be glad to be able to talk to my loved one again. I guess I don't know. It's it's just too freaky. And the way he ended that, saying, "Oh, I just heard a Facebook alert. I'm too afraid to to take a look at it." Like it's I don't know. It's I have no idea what to believe on this. I, I mean, like I said, anything is possible. Oh man, I certainly hope that you guys enjoyed yourself as much as I did researching and recording this. I, I don't know if this episode made a believer out of anyone, but you can't deny ghost stories are scary fun. <laughs> they really are. And if there's anything that you can take from this podcast episodes, it's ghosts are busy as fuck. Like <laughs> they are busy. <laughs> also, not all ghosts are trying to harm you or scare you. Some are curious because maybe you look different, especially if they died a super long time ago. Like they don't know what zippers are or Walkmans, let alone tiny computers that we have in our hands at all times. We call them our phones. <laughs> they don't they don't know what the fuck a romper is or why women are hairless all of a sudden, it's a shock to them. So they might stare. <laughs> the listeners, so do me a favor, share um, this podcast, Professionally Silly, with a friend and go to iTunes, rate and review this podcast. I feel, I feel like I earned five stars. I do, I feel like I earned five stars, but honestly, I'm a little bit biased. Um, but obviously, um, feel free to review it, it does, cost you nothing. It's free. Plus, it's a good way to help get my podcast out there and reach some new ear canals. See, I'm just a girl in Los Angeles chasing a dream, and hopefully you guys can help me catch them. Hmm. Yeah, I like being corny every now and then. Leave me alone. Also, uh, make sure you guys check out the links in the description of this podcast. There's lots of bonus information there for you guys, like my social media information. I've got TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, you know, all that stuff. By the way, I love reading your tweets. So tweet us us stuff, you know, what else? What else is going on in my life? Uh, oh yes, I have a YouTube channel as well, which is also called Professionally Silly. So uh, yes, I'm one of those YouTuber people. I know, I know. So join in on the silly. 
visually. Follow, subscribe me, fan me, whatever you want to call it. Let's laugh together. And awesome, amazing news. If you haven't already seen my video when I went to see, uh, when I went to the Pasadena Bridge, which is also known as the Suicide Bridge, I took my friends Jade Fox and Ari Fitz and we did a, well, we did, we did a paranormal blacktivity session, which is going to be the name of my uh, paranormal videos, my series that I'm going to start on my YouTube channel, Paranormal Blacktivity. Thank you, Dimage, and one of my subscribers uh, actually helped me name it, which is really super cool. So um, we experienced a lot of crazy-ish <laughs> that day or that night. It was insane. And I said if I got 1,000 likes on that video that I would go back at 3 a.m., which is also known as the Witch's Hour, one of the most, just like the haunt, the most haunting, most scariest time of the night is between 3 and 4 a.m. So we're going to go back there. Well, myself and my friend Lee, I could not talk Jade and Ari into going back with me because they freaked out <laughs> when we first went there. And if you want to check out that video, make sure you do. It's on my channel. It was like a few weeks ago, so it's just it's up there, easy to find. Um, yeah, so we are going back. My friend Lee and myself are going back at 3 a.m. and we're going to do another investigation actually a, a, a longer one with more tools. I've got ghost hunting equipment, things like that. So that's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that will be coming out uh, before Halloween. I don't have the date set just yet, but we're gonna be filming it uh, within the next week or so. So yeah, just stay tuned and I'll let you guys know um, when that's gonna be coming out. It's I'm really, I'm really excited about it, really excited about it. And that, so is the puppy that is barking constantly outside of my door. <laughs> so yeah, professionally silly listeners, if you are enjoying my podcast, I have some awesome news I want to share with you guys. If you like the professionally silly podcast and you would like to support my podcast, guess what? Now you can. You can now make monthly contributions on my podcast. It's it's so easy and if you have the anchor app it's even easier you can contribute as low as 99 cents a month 4.99 or 9.99 a month right here on the anchor app and if you have commitment issues or you don't have the anchor app there's always paypal so there's no excuse paypal me www paypal.me slash amber smiles jones because this will actually help bring professionally silly to another level you know and let's be honest a lot of time and effort goes into creating the content and it's super awesome to have the opportunity to better my podcast and the professionally silly brand plus a bitch has bills and chasing dreams is expensive okay <laughs> super excited to go on this journey with all of you smile squad thank you thank you thank you so much ahead of time for your support and future contributions. Once again, I'm your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles Jones, and thank you so much for listening to the Professionally Silly Station here on Anchor FM, where I take my silliness seriously. Also feel free to call in about any episode uh, of, professionally, of Professionally Silly that you've heard. Um, if you don't have the Anchor app, you can always call or text my Google voice number, 805-664-1828 
and uh, tell me which episode that you listen to and share your opinion, whatever it may be. And uh, you, you will hear your voice on the air, which is awesome. Well, until next time, my loves, watch where you step because uh, there's pieces of shit everywhere. Puppy that I don't know, do you have anything else that you would like to say? Good, shut the fuck up. Are there any spirits on this bridge with us right now? If you're here, can you turn the rods, both rods to one direction? Oh my God! It followed us! Man, you just gone, just took off. Is that a shoe? Uh-oh. Is that a flip-flop, bro? I don't know if it's me just getting paranoid or what, but I immediately felt heavier. <laughs>